The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. As human beings, we tend to be impressed by the forces of nature wind, running water, even the perversions of nature that came with the fall, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. They impress us. They're powerful. They leave us in awe and with a certain feeling of being helpless. But we very often aren't very impressed with the power of God who created all these things who keeps them in existence. We've forgotten what the ancients knew, the real power of God working in the world in which we live, and the power of God in our lives. Those things may affect us in some way, but only God can have the power to really transform us. After all, he created us, and creation is a wonderful thing. Only he can create something out of nothing and particularly the power of the Holy Spirit, which we always underestimate in our lives. We have so little power because we simply aren't open to what the power is there, what the Holy Spirit can actually do, and not in the ways that people often think, in some way that might be visibly uh, extraordinary, but in an everyday, very relevant sort of way, the Holy Spirit works through the church. The first gift of the Holy Spirit to us is the church, Christ's body. And he always comes through the church. Holy Spirit works through the church. The Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. We see that in today's first reading with the apostles and the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Mother was mentioned as being there because she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. It was to her that the Holy Spirit came to bring about the incarnation and begin redemption. Entered into her, imagine, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. But also we see what the gift of tongues really means primarily. It's the gift of the church to proclaim in all languages the kingdom of God and the gospel. The church can do that. She speaks every tongue uh, throughout history until the end of time. So she then is the first and greatest gift, and the Holy Spirit always works through her. And that's how we experience the Holy Spirit. It isn't just my private experience. It's my experience as part of the body of Christ. And so... The Holy Spirit then comes to do things in our lives that at first seem so, at times, beautiful, but 
They don't really transform us. For instance, at the Last Supper, our Lord gave his apostles, he ordained them, the power to turn his body and blood, bread and wine into his body and blood, the power to make present his sacrifice on earth. Now, that's power. Forget trivial things like earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. That's big time. And in today's gospel, again, he appears to them after the resurrection, after his resurrection for the first time. He appears to them, and they're frightened. He stands in their midst and says, Peace be with you, and then shows them his hands and his side so they'll recognize him by his wounds, and then repeats himself, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He sends them in the same way. But notice what he does. He breathes on them. Breath was a way of conveying the Holy Spirit. We see that today, for instance, in the way the churches use that. During Holy Week, when the bishop blesses the sacred chrism, first he breathes on it to impart the Holy Spirit to that oil, chrism. Everyone of us here, I suspect, has been anointed with chrism at least once at our baptism, our confirmation, myself for ordination. A bishop would be also. If the kings of France still existed, so would the kings of France. Um, but he breathes on that to impart the Holy Spirit to that oil, the power of the Holy Spirit. But in all the sacraments we see that. So he says to them today, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. They now have the power to forgive sins. The church does. Because this is the only church that's there. The Apostolic College, that little group. They have now have the power, because of the church, to forgive sins. And the church alone can do that. That's power. Again, as I said, forget small things like hurricanes and tornadoes. That's power. And so on with all the sacraments. That's how the Lord comes to us in his incarnation. For instance, uh, at the Eucharist, we know, the priest stretches forth his hands and calls down the Holy Spirit to change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that brings about that transformation. As I said, that's power. Uh, Yesterday, we ordained two young men priests. Well, one young man, one not so young. Before the words of ordination, the bishop put his hands on their head because that imparts the Holy Spirit that brings about this transformation. It's essential for an ordination. We see it in Scripture. St. Paul did that. The apostles did. They laid hands on for ordination. I remember not long ago I heard of a, a bishop who was so caught up in getting the words of ordination correct, he forgot to put his hands on the candidate's head. So afterward, they had to go back into the sacristy and do it all over again because he has to do that or there is no ordination. And also, we see that in the anointing of the sick when people are sick or dying. It's through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit brings about the healing or prepares the person for death or gives them the strength to endure their sufferings. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our our lives. Every day we should pray to the Holy Spirit, but we have to be open to that Spirit, docile. The Holy Spirit can't force himself. Those are God's rules. He will not force himself on us. We have to open ourselves up to him. But again, always within the body of the church because there are other spirits that can masquerade as the Holy Spirit who aren't holy. They can do all kinds of interesting things. But the Holy Spirit alone comes to us in this unique way through the church. And we rejoice in this great gift that God has given to us 
always asking for a greater infusion of that power. Uh, because when the Holy Spirit comes here to turn the bread and wine into Christ's body and blood, he then comes and enters into us, as Jesus does, and because of the Holy Spirit, we then become visible signs of the Incarnation. We are walking incarnations because of this power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, it's incredible. If we only realized what we were capable of doing, we could really transform the world. As we said in the sponsorial psalm, Lord, send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Well, who is going to do that except us with that power that comes to us? And the Holy Spirit can often work without us even knowing it, as long as we're open to it. We think we should always be aware of God's actions. I suspect that probably 90% of the time to 99, we aren't aware of God's actions. God is simply acting. And the Holy Spirit does that too. Uh, how exciting it really is to think of this power that we have. You know, um, after the second reading, we had that beautiful sequence, the Vene Sancte Spiritus, one of the most beautiful hymns in the church. The church has been chanting that for the last, oh, 1,400 to 1,500 years. Uh, that's in itself pretty impressive, I think, in exactly those words, by the way. Uh, but at the end of my homily, I always like to, to mention that particular sequence. It's a beautiful prayer. We could say it every day. It's just that simple. There are many different translations of it. But I think my favorite is, is, is this. It's, Come, Holy Spirit, and from heaven, direct on man the rays of your light. Come, Father of the poor, Come, giver of God's gifts. Come, light of men's hearts. Kindly, Paraclete, in your gracious visits to man's soul, you bring relief and consolation. If it is weary with toil, you bring it ease. In the heat of temptation, your grace cools it. If sorrowful, your words console it. Light most blessed, shine on the hearts of your faithful, even into their darkest corners. For without you, man can do nothing good, and everything is sinful. Wash clean the sinful soul. Rain down your grace on the parched soul, and heal the injured soul. Soften the hard heart. Cherish and warm the ice-cold heart and give direction to the wayward. Give your seven holy gifts to your faithful, for their trust is in you. Give them reward for their virtuous acts. Give them a death that ensures salvation. Give them unending bliss. Amen. Alleluia. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the coming of the Holy Spirit and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always respond to the power of the Holy Spirit and be visible signs of the Incarnation.
we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will accept the Church, bringing them the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know the power of the Holy Spirit in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life and laws that will protect it, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will answer the call of the Holy Spirit, for a greater reverence for the role of the Holy Spirit in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Eucharistic Lord, they may then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaim the kingdom of God, we pray to the Lord. For all those working on our building project, they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. For Father David Miller and for Father Norway Ramirez, who were ordained yesterday, they will continue to grow in the grace of that sacrament. We pray to the Lord. For all of our youth, especially those graduating, that they will also grow in truth and love. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will be open to the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray to the Lord. We now proclaim the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ as we sing the Christus Vincit. Mm-hmm. 